This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Sports Daily on a Wednesday, and we welcome in our buddy Brandon Zinner of Eyewitness News. 12 News, I should say now. 12 News, uh, KWCH. Glad to have Brandon in again. Uh, You've heard him a few times here on KFH, including here on Sports Daily in the past. And it's a great day to be here because we get CFP rankings out for the first time. We get the wildest NFL trade deadline in the history of the universe. Uh, we have all kinds of news and notes. We get a World Series game in the books and another one going tonight. We look ahead to KU football with the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. We have a big giveaway at the end of this hour. Marvel fans, we're going to give away tickets uh, today and the rest of the week to Wakanda Forever. Uh, I know people are excited about that movie. I think it's going to be a great movie. That will come up at, uh, we think, the end of this first hour, but sometime in the show here. We're going to give that away. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Uh, So stay tuned for all of that. 869-1240 is the number to call. Chad Chambers producing for us. Brandon, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. A great day to react to some wild NFL moves that happen. Uh, If you're fans of some teams, you're pretty happy. If you're fans of, say, the Cowboys or the Packers, I'm not sure you are too happy today. And then... uh, when you look at the the CFP, how everything shakes out, I think you can kind of say the same thing. If you're some teams, you like where you're sitting. If not, you feel a little bit of disrespect from the committee. Um, but, yeah, World Series, Alec Bohm coming through in the clutch last night. Uh, just a, a lot of great things going on in sports right now. We're at the kind of that, that best time of the year. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. It's a fun time. Sometimes it can be a frustrating time. We're going to start with the CFP this morning. We'll get uh, we'll get into the NFL trade deadline as we make our way through the show. But since we're talking college football and college sports in the next segment with Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, let's start with the CFP. And quite frankly, let's get it off of our chest because TCU gets hosed and the Big 12 gets hosed. And seemingly, historically, every time it's any team but Oklahoma, they get hosed. Alabama comes in ahead of TCU for God knows what reason. Uh, It makes zero sense whatsoever. Here we go again. And if we needed to shout it from the rooftops louder, please, for the love of God, give us an expanded playoff. Because why do we waste our time with this? Alabama has a loss. Alabama almost got beat by Texas. What on earth are they doing ahead of TCU? It makes zero sense. And and this is what we just wash, rinse, repeat with the CFP in college football. You've got a certain, you know, you've got a certain logo on your school and you have a chance and everybody else just gets screwed over and over again. This time it's TCU. Yeah, I think when you watch these teams on paper, Alabama, I don't have as much of an issue of them being ahead of TCU, but I I do think that TCU, when you look at everything they've done, their resume to this point, 
I, I think they're personally better than Clemson or Michigan. You look at the teams that that Michigan. So Clemson comes in at four, Alabama or Michigan at five, Alabama at six. Those are the teams right ahead of TCU. You got Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia sitting there at the top. Clemson, they've kind of been a team that has stumbled a little bit throughout the season. They are still eight and zero. You got to give them that. Uh, they beat three ranked teams. Michigan, you look, they have. Uh, the worst strength of schedule of any team that is currently in the top 15 in the college football playoff polls. Uh, their non-conference was cosmically bad. I think, I think the best team they played in non-con, you could probably say that's Hawaii, and they're one of the worst teams in college football still. But TCU, the, the role that they're on right now, it's not like they're beating the scrubs of the Pac-12. They beat a previously unbeaten Kansas. They go beat an un, unbeaten Oklahoma State, uh, and you just look at the, the role that they're on, they, they have the look of a team that can play in the college football playoff, and yet here they are getting disrespected. They beat Oklahoma when they were also uh, undefeated and in a, an impressive win uh, against K-State, who's playing uh, some, some really good football. Uh, TCU, I mean, if you're waking up this morning, you are um, very, very frustrated and saying, is it possible we're going to get screwed by one or two one-loss teams out of the SEC? Uh, that's a that's a very real possibility, and uh, college football well, playoff expansion cannot come quick enough. The CFP is telling us that yes, a one loss SEC team is better because Alabama is sitting there, and that's ridiculous. Alabama, Alabama's not that impressive this year by by this standard, right? What's Alabama's best win? Is it on the road at Texas? I mean, I think it might be. Is they, that their best win? They beat, they Ar- beat Arkansas they beat in a neutral a, side game, but Arkansas, we've seen what they've been over the last couple of weeks. It's not that impressive. Yeah, they beat a bad A&M team by four, right? They got beat by Tennessee. They played that game competitively. Good for them. They still lost, and they trailed to Texas in that game. The logic is not equitable, and the problem with college football has always been that the schedules aren't equitable. And we have this system in place only in football, not in the other sports, but only in football, where with completely unequitable schedules, we try and determine a champion. It's why we get it wrong all the time. There is no get out there, improve it in college football. And some people say, well, it just means losses mean more. Well, no, it doesn't because you're putting Alabama in against an unbeaten team who's arguably played a tougher schedule in TCU, Michigan, Clemson. I mean, there's there's a very good reason why TCU's at seven behind Michigan and Clemson. It's because the the logo on their helmet, right? Um, Alabama with one loss. Like the CFP clearly wants these blue blood programs in there, and they don't really care about anything else. And the people picking it, I mean, there is not a logical explanation to put Alabama ahead of TCU. There's just not. If you want to put Michigan and Clemson ahead of them, okay, fine. I mean, I don't I don't think Michigan should be. But whatever, at least they don't have a loss. But Alabama, are you kidding me? Alabama isn't as good as everyone thought they were going to be. That's fine. Let them play it out and prove it. They still get plenty to do. But if this stayed the same, Alabama's about to play LSU, Mississippi, Auburn. Like, they're they're not going to get past unless they lose again. And they're going to screw somebody out here. And I don't think, by the way, it's all a moot point because I don't think TCU's going undefeated. Um... Also, this has so much room to change, but it is important, and it's important because it tells you what they're thinking already, and it tells you that the Big 12 has almost no chance to get in 
to the CFP, which TCU's really the only shot anyway. We knew that. They're the only team without two losses. So we, we kind of knew that, right? Like, we knew, we knew the Big 12 wouldn't get any in. But right now it matters that this perception is there. And it, it, we just – you have to have the ability for Power 5 teams to get into the playoff if they take care of their business in the regular season. This is the only sport of the major sports that we watch across the pro and college where this ridiculous system – is acceptable. Like, it makes less money than it could. It makes zero sense whatsoever. And I don't know why we put up with it. I really don't. Because it's ridiculous. If you're a TCU fan, and and to a larger extent for us today, if you were a Big 12 fan, like, what's the point? If they're just going to put teams with one loss in because of why? Because of no reason whatsoever. Because everybody before the season thought Alabama would be really good. Like, Alabama hasn't proven it yet. If they run the table and have all those quality wins, then maybe we can have the discussion. But if Alabama's better than TCU right now, Alabama's better than Michigan. Alabama's better than Cle- – but but it, it's ridiculous. There's a reason that those teams are ahead of TCU. Um, I, I just – it drives me insane. And please get us to the expanded playoff. And all you got to do – and I would take 16 teams – but I don't care what the number is as long as the Power 5 champions all get a spot. If you want to make it eight, whatever. Just get the Power 5 champions in that playoff if you want this thing to ever have any semblance of respectability in how you pick these teams. I mean, it goes back a decade whenever this got announced. We have this term in, in college sports of Power 5, and yet – we create this this playoff committee with four teams. It, you know, it it was it was it was asinine from the very beginning, and then it, as the years go on, we see that there's a lean towards the Big Ten champion. There's a lean towards the best teams in the SEC. Clemson wasn't really the name that they are now back when the CFP right. became a thing, but now here they are, um, and so we've kind of seen these same. Teams outside of Tennessee, they've emerged. It was these, this group of teams that we see in the top six right now with Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama, and it was Oklahoma, but obviously where they at this year. Um, but if, even if you're looking forward, if you're TCU, you have to be really worried because say this, this scenario plays out. Say Tennessee beats Georgia this weekend, one versus three in the college football playoff committee. That's, uh, that's, that's a big game. Tennessee – wins that, goes to the SEC championship game, and loses to Alabama. So you're going to have three, let's say, all Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama all have one loss. Ohio State, they beat Michigan. They run the table. They win the Big, the big, uh, big Ten. Michigan's out. Ohio State, you, you sure them in. Clemson, if they go undefeated, lose in the ACC championship game to Syracuse, NC State, whoever it is that they're going to play out of there. You have Tennessee, one loss. Ohio State, undefeated. Georgia, one loss. Clemson, one loss. Alabama, one loss. TCU, undefeated. What happens in that scenario? Because I'm still not well, sure. They're telling they you give... what's going to happen. I mean, exactly. The, the committee exactly. is telling you right now what's going to happen. And that's the problem with this. And and while, yeah, it may not mean anything right now because we're so far out, it does mean something because we're being told right now that an unbeaten TCU is not as valuable 
as a one-loss, at least one-loss SEC team, very likely a one-loss Ohio State team, and who knows about Clemson? I mean, they're they're fighting a losing battle even if they win all their games, and that is a stupid and ridiculous way to try to determine a champion. It just is. And and I don't you eight six nine twelve forty. If you want to try to defend the college football model to me that we've always played under, go ahead, give it a shot because it is ridiculous that we do this. And for all the naysayers that will get out there and say, "Oh, the regular season means more," and BS. Like the regular season doesn't mean less in the NFL because teams that get better at the end of the year end up being the best teams. Or teams that made a mistake in September, right, are still capable of winning a Super Bowl. Like that, the the arguments and the logic behind college football is dumb. You're not. I'm not going to watch Kansas State any less because they have two losses. Like that doesn't eliminate their, you know, their ability to entertain us later in the year. It's ridiculous that we do this. And every year when this comes out. And every year I just try to tell myself it'll sort itself out. It'll sort itself out. Maybe, but maybe it won't. And yeah, four teams is better than two, but it's not a lot better. Just a little bit better. And it can be a whole lot better. Nobody will watch less college football because of an expanded playoff. I can guarantee you that with 100% certainty. There will not be a drop in ratings because you expanded the playoff. There might be an increase across the board late in the season because far more teams have something to play for, a chance at a national title. See, honestly, like imagine any other sport determining its champion. But imagine determining a Super Bowl based on ESPN's power rankings that they put out every week because that's what this is. How ridiculous would that be? And does that sound? Because that's what we do with college football. We put out this CFP's power rankings every week, and that's how we determine the playoffs. They don't play it on the field. That, that has nothing to do with it because you can't. You can't have an equitable schedule. Yeah, like we see it with with uh, baseball. More teams get in, more late-season drama. We've seen the NBA has gone the route of expanding into the, the play-in tournament, which creates more drama late in the regular season, and then you add postseason games uh, as well, the and the NFL, there's only one bye. You see uh, less teams that are taking games off, setting their starters at the end, and it's created more drama as well. And here, the CFP, there's there's talks about what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, but they've just been so far behind the eight ball when we thought they were going to be ahead of the curve with just even getting to this format of of a of a playoff. Um, but I mean, how fun would it be? You're sitting here the last week of the regular season. There's all these big games already. You have USC and UCLA, both one-loss teams. Okay, someone's going to go to the, the championship game, but because there's a 16- or 12-team playoff, you're also still playing for a spot to, to get into a playoff. That would be yeah. so much fun. Or teams like LSU and Ole Miss playing, or you get a, a game, a, a last-week game, if like K-State and if KU was still having the kind of season that they're having. It it just adds so much more to to these teams that you do stuff all year, and depending on when in the season you lose, you could lose one game. But if it's week one, like like if you're Oregon, you lose the Georgia week one, and in your season's basically over because you know what these teams from the SEC and the Big Ten are, are going to go on to do, and you're already finding an uphill battle. But 
Yeah, well, just, it, uh, it, let's let's be real about it. And I'm not discounting Ohio State's resume because it's really good. I mean, I mean yeah. you could Tennessee, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia. You could you could rotate any of those three through the top, and you'd be fine. I don't care. But like the Big Ten is soft this year. The Big Ten's not very good. Ohio State's really good. We think Michigan's probably good, but they haven't played anybody. And then what? And then who's the next best team? So, like, don't tell me the Big Ten's better now. And I'm not saying that you are, but but that will generally be the sentiment. Come, I mean, come on now. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, good news for the Big 12. K-State's in there at 13. So that's cool for K-State. They actually get a pretty, I think, pretty good and honest, fair spot. Um, but, you know, we see this ridiculousness of who gets in every year. And that new TV deal, I'm telling you, having ESPN and Fox and mostly ESPN involved, that's going to help all this when we get to expansion because there won't this bias will begin to fade a little bit. If we can get it expanded right, the Big 12 will stay relevant because they're going to stay on ESPN. I mean, that'll happen. But that you, you've got Kansas State in at 13, Oklahoma State in at 18, Texas in at 24. So a pretty good representation, honestly, for the Big 12 overall. Where they're placed as far as TCU is ridiculous. TCU, and this has happened before with TCU, like, what, what do they need to do? Like, what could they have done this year to to be any more impressive? Because they because the logic that people hold against them, they don't hold against Alabama. So if you want to use that flawed logic, in my opinion, and that they've played some close games, so has Alabama. And, by the way, they've lost one of theirs. It's just, whatever. I, I get so sick of this with college football. And... It's it's one of the reasons that I have not been – I'm not a college football junkie. I love the Big 12, and I follow the Big 12. I don't sit there and watch all the games all day because it annoys me the way we find our champions. And it's just like this – I don't know if it's a grudge I hold against it, but I feel like a lot of the time I'm wasting my time. If there's a Pac-12 championship game and you could tell me that that winner goes into a playoff – there's a really good chance, almost a certainty, that I'll watch that game. If you're telling me the Pac-12 champions going to the Holiday Bowl, I, I mean, I'm not going to watch that game. Now, maybe I will now that we have betting, but like, I, I no. I, why would I watch that game? What does it mean? What are they playing for? Don't care, right? Don't care at all. Get a playoff. I hate this. It's ridiculous. And TCU got screwed. 869-1240. We'll continue college football talk and a little college hoops coming up next. Brian Haney joins us. What's he hearing about Jalen Daniels? What are the chances? We've seen the depth chart there. We'll get an update there and look ahead to their exhibition opener next on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Brian Haney, we are tracking down. We will get him very soon. 
to talk a little KU. Uh, another news item we need to hit today, Britt Reed, son of Andy Reed, former Chiefs coach. Uh, DWI hit and car injured a young girl very severely, three years in prison for that. Um, I don't know if this will be a distraction to the Chiefs. Um, the maximum sentence on something like that is seven. He does have priors. He got three. Make of that what you will. But Britt Reed will go to uh, will go to prison for that incident that happened just before the Super Bowl in 2021. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs were quiet at the NFL trade deadline, uh, as were some other notable teams. We'll get into that in our second hour as we break down. I mean, when we say, and I, and I joke, but it's not really a joke, the wildest NFL trade deadline in the history of the universe, because it was. Brandon, they made more moves yesterday, 10, I believe it was, the final tally. This feels more like the MLB trade deadline. I mean, I love it, by the way. I think it's awesome, but it's amazing to me, and we'll get into it in the second hour. It's amazing to me how the value of those picks and some of these things have have spun out on a dime. It's probably due to what the Rams did last year, but I guess philosophies can change that quickly in the NFL. Well, and it's nice when you are just able to to haul in so many picks for these teams that jump up to get uh, to get quarterbacks and that's kind of like what we saw in the case of Miami which we'll, we'll get into everything more in depth but I mean they get three picks back uh in that that trade for Trey Lance with the 49ers a couple years ago and you look at what they've been able to turn that into just over the last two years they turned that into Bradley Chubb yesterday they turned that into Jalen Waddle in the draft last year and then in the offseason they use that to turn it into Tyreek Hill so uh, teams really able to capitalize on, on the draft picks. You don't have to draft someone to to have that be a valuable asset. And uh, we saw it in the case of Miami. You see uh, that in the case of uh, of Baltimore trading away a, a pick to go get Roquan Smith. Uh, just a, a lot of teams in the year where there seems to be three teams that have kind of separated themselves in the NFL. And then there's maybe 12, 13 other teams that are all in, in one category, whether it's the Dolphins, the Vikings, the the Ravens, uh, you go on down the list. There, there's a lot of teams there in the middle of the pack and teams trying to separate themselves, and I think some teams uh, took a step towards doing that yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. It, it was a wild day. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to, to, to get into all of that. Uh, real quick, let's do a giveaway, and then we'll track down Haney for our next segment. So here's what we're going to do, and here's what we have. Uh, we have a lot of tickets to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. There's a sneak preview at Boulevard Theaters in Town West. That'll be Thursday at 7 o'clock, Thursday, November 10th at 7 o'clock. So we've got some time to give these away. But if you're a Marvel fan, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, Jad, we have uh, pairs of tickets to give away here. Let's give them away... Let me think about do a little mathematics here. We've got three days this week and three days next week. So let's give them away as a four-pack here out of the out of the gates, out of the shoot. We'll go a four-pack of tickets to Black Panther Wakanda Forever, sneak preview, Boulevard Theaters in Town West. That'll be Thursday the 10th at 7 o'clock. Jad will give those to our third caller during the break, and then we'll track down Brian Haney for our next segment. We'll be right back on Sports Daily.
It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. All right, and we welcome in Brian Haney to chat a little KU football, chat a little KU hoops. Congratulations, by the way, to Bryce in Wichita for winning our Wakanda Forever ticket giveaway. We'll have a lot of those to give away between now and next week, so stay tuned for your opportunity to win those. Uh, Brian, welcome in. Glad to have you here again this week, and we got to split our time because it's a big week in both football and basketball. I'll jump right in on football. Uh, what do you know as far as Jalen Daniels and how good a chance do you think there is he could play this weekend against Oklahoma State? Ooh, goes right to the throat, right out the gate. I like yeah, his style. Yeah, we're, um, we're going. You don't mess around. You don't mess around. You know what? He is practicing. Um, you know, had done some light work at practice prior to the bye week, and so that continues. Hope is certainly – abounding but at the same time you know i'm not holding my breath on anything with this thing i think the fact that we're even talking about him throwing a football right now is well ahead of schedule and a pretty uh remarkable recovery to be at this stage so we'll see i mean coach leipold's gonna play it close to the vest i doubt he'll elaborate a ton on hawk talk tonight beyond what he said on monday which was simply that you know he's he's back there practicing again but um Keep in mind the nature of the injury and, and you know, what initial timetables were thought to be. So it's, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. It's very encouraging that he's doing as much as he is. And at the same time, it's no sure thing either. So I, I think it remains to be seen. And we'll see what Coach's update is tonight. That's probably all I should say at this point. But uh, know that Jason Bean's still getting a ton of reps too because you're not going to know until later in the week and you want to make sure you're prepared to go either direction. But I think our quarterback situation is one of just a couple of quarterback situations this weekend in this matchup that all eyes are on. So it it makes for a very interesting uh, game preview with Oklahoma State with both programs struggling at that spot. Brian Brandon's in here. Thanks for joining us this morning. Then you go over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Kobe Bryant, where do you think that he's at right now? Is there a chance that we start to see him again soon? A guy who really uh, made some plays for the Jayhawks defense in that first half of the season was a critical part in that 5-0 start. Yeah, good question, Brandon. Yeah, I think guys like Kobe and Luke Graham, the receiver, their injuries were more day-to-day. I mean, maybe you could say Kobe's was week-to-week, but the nature of, of those two injuries were not ones that were thought to be, you know, long stretches and so those are better examples of the bye week gets guys back and gets you you know closer to 100 and so I feel pretty solidly about both of them um you know the case of of Highshaw that's a longer term injury and so don't expect to see him but uh, I think in those other two uh we feel pretty promising and and probable but we'll wait for coach to address that officially completely and I'll try to get an update out of him tonight on Hawk Talk here on KFH but you know, those are the classic, you know, week-to-week, day-to-day type things to where when you have an open date on the calendar like Kansas had last Saturday, you expect that barring any setback, guys like those two are back, and, and that would be my hope for them on Saturday. All right, so Oklahoma State, uh, before we switch to hoops here, Brian, because it is that Oklahoma State's interesting. Oklahoma State is maybe a – smaller favorite than people would think but we what we just saw out of kansas state seeing what kind of injuries they're dealing with does all of a sudden this become 
at home the best opportunity. And, and I know these things can change, but as we look at the schedule on November 2nd, does this feel like the best opportunity to get six wins? Man, it, it might be. If Spencer Sanders doesn't play, it might be just that. But there's still a very capable football team that obviously ran into a buzzsaw last week and, and uh, they looked beat up. They looked tired. They looked out of sorts and I would expect them to be a much more dialed in, motivated, chomping at the bit type team this week. But uh, no doubt, you know, they're vulnerable if they don't have their quarterback. And so we'll see what the week unfolds and, and reveals as we get closer to Saturday. But if, uh, you know, you, you mentioned narrow favorites and the number of surprising some, that probably has something to do with Sanders and, and what the, the insiders think of his status. So we'll see. But I, I do think, you know, the Lubbock-Texas trip is a tough one to put your finger on because they just got, you know, the doors blown off them by Baylor a week ago, and yet they've also beaten Texas at home and had some impressive showings up and down their schedule uh, in, in the first year of that tenure for their coach. So I, I think that, you know, I would rank them, if Sanders doesn't play, this home game, yes, is right there with Texas Tech amongst your most winnable. But a lot of it has to do with how healthy Kansas is, too, and when does Jalen come back and at what capacity and percentage is he uh, in factoring into, you know, what's your most winnable chance. I know this, though. Uh, we feel like every week, if it's Jason Bean or, or whoever's back there, this program has improved enough across the board at all positions that they feel like they've got a chance to win, and that was not the case previous six years and the previous 12, quite frankly. Uh, but they feel like every week there's a chance, and I think that the road trip to Waco proved that, how competitive they, they stayed in it with Jason Bean at Oklahoma proved that. But we're done playing close enough and more victories. we got to find a way to get this sixth victory, and I think the longer it goes without clinching bowl eligibility, the tighter it starts to get around the collar a little bit for, for some of these guys that know how important this is. And so um, I, I would love to see him knock it out right now. And then you're playing with house money the rest of the month of November if you get bowl eligibility secured and tucked away. And I think they've got a great shot to do it. But, again, a lot of it comes down to whether or not they've got Sanders back there. He is such a dynamic player and truly one of the best at his craft in our conference. So, We'll see what uh, Mike Gundy's saying midweek, but I think both these head coaches are going to let it drift into Saturday before you see any hand tipped. And a chance to do it at home, a place that was rocking uh, during during the start of the season, three straight sellouts against Duke, Iowa State, TCU, since then, uh, three losses, all of them by 12 points or less, has still looked like a very capable team. But now you return home. Has any of the shine worn off in your eyes as far as how Lawrence is going to come out and how the Jayhawk faithful are going to come out and support this team? Do you expel, still expect a, a rocking atmosphere at the booth this weekend? Uh, kind of how much do you think that there's still going to be support around what this team is trying to accomplish uh, in this turnaround year? You know, that's a great question. And I think if, if it's not a raucous atmosphere, it will have more to do with the weather than, you know, wind coming out of the sails of this team. Obviously, we don't have ESPN College Game Day coming to town, so you're not going to have the same amazing atmosphere that was as good as you'll see it the last time they were at home. It's amazing to think, you know, that that it's it's been almost a month now, and you look back at at where this program was at. I mean, five and zero. Jalen Daniels was sixth in the Heisman odds in Vegas at that point, and then you know with one injury and then you know a couple of uh, tough road trips. It's amazing how some of the the hype and hoopla fades pretty fast on that but there's so many key components of this team and this program that are still trending upward there's so much to get behind and be excited about 
And hopefully we'll see the fan base, you know, understand that you got to weather some storms and some ups and downs and some injury attrition that happens over the course of the meat grinder of a schedule that is the Big 12 where you play everybody and, you know, 75% of your games are league games. And when you add in Houston, who, you know, is going to be a future Big 12 foe, I mean, Kansas played 10 Big 12 caliber opponents when this schedule is all said and done and, and 11 major conference opponents. And so you're going to have some swoons when you go through a schedule like that, particularly when you lose your quarterback. And so I would hope that, you know, some of the fair weather fans don't look at the actual weather report and show up and, and cheer these guys on, even if it is wet, and a little bit chilly. And, uh, and, and re- remember that they can play a role in this thing. You know, Lance Leipold told the story on Monday at his press conference that one of his assistants was talking with, an assistant coach from one of the three games that they sold out consecutively. And the assistant coach admitted that we didn't think we had to prepare for crowd noise in Kansas. So we didn't pump in crowd noise practice that week. And then it became a significant factor in the game that uh, had something to do with the outcome. And so as this club is so close to achieving something we haven't seen in 14 years bold eligibility understand that you're the 12th man you have a chance to play a role in the outcome by being loud and proud and waving that wheat so i hope folks come out will it be a fourth straight sellout tough to say but uh i do think that you'll have a lot of fan enthusiasm and if you're on the fence about whether or not you should come out man 230 game right in the middle of the day if you're driving from wichita you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn to get there you still get home uh, at a relatively decent hour, and hopefully the drive home is even shorter because you're riding high after a big, big Kansas victory. Uh, voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joining us here on Sports Daily. You mentioned Hawk Talk with Lance Leipold. You'll hear it right here on KFH tonight at 6. Perhaps the opportunity to get a good answer on Jalen Daniels, so make sure you tune in for that. All right, let's talk a little hoops here. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Does that imply, does that imply I didn't give you a good answer? <laughs> I, it it implies that you're you're going to give us a you're going to push Lance Leipold and press him so hard yeah. tonight that he doesn't have a choice but to give you a definitive answer right here on KFH. That's what I'm implying, uh, and we know we know you'll deliver for us, Brian. We know that you'll deliver for us on that. Uh, just tell him we're asking. Tell him we're asking. He'll 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 give you an answer. The people of Wichita want to know. I love it. You got That's it, right. my man. That's right. Now, I, I think All right. people uh, need to understand that, that we try to give folks as much as we can on those shows, but at the end of the day, it's still the official team show. And so what the program right. wants out there is out there, and what the program wants to keep tight to the vest remains there. So we don't ask any Jim Gray hard-hitting questions because uh, keep in mind, it's all very regulated on those programs. But we still have a good time. We pack it out. <laughs> we play games. We give you insight. We show personality. But, uh, but keep that in mind when you listen to those shows. Because I, I do get those occasional emails. How come you didn't ask this? How come your questions oh, yeah. weren't harder? And you got to understand, this is the official university uh, yeah. show. This isn't uh, Jim Rome or anything. I, I've had him, I, and I understand. I hope everyone understands I'm being tongue-in-cheek there. But, you know, what's, what's the, what are the old <laughs> cliches? You, you can't, you know. All they can say is no, and it's better to ask forgiveness than permission, all that good stuff. Um, KU Hoops is also getting underway. Now, are you guys uh, ready for this? Because Pitt State, we're, we're in football season now. This is a little odd, I think, this year for KU Hoops, where for a lot of years, you just sort of, you know, you just sort of circle these dates as the football team. But now that the football team's good, we got basketball, you know, coming up tomorrow night against Pitt State. 
Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's, it's not just Pitt State, it's Jeff Boshi at Pitt State. So we're excited about that. And obviously he's the all-time three-point record holder at KU for a while, was the all-time Big 12 three-point record holder. And uh, a good friend of mine, a guy that uh, I'm his same age, we came in the same time at Kansas. So I'm really proud of his success and Brett Ballard's success down the road at Topeka at Washburn. So uh, it's neat when the, these guys come back around at this portion of the schedule. It's obviously a big money game for you know these schools. And we used to have two exhibition games. They do it differently now where, as you probably noticed, you have a behind-closed-door, not-to-be-broadcast-or-publicized scrimmage with another major conference team. KU did it with Illinois this year. And then just one instead of two, uh, over-the-air, under-the-lights, fans-admitted, exhibition games and and for some reason that's kind of the movement they're going toward but it'll be a good tune-up for a kansas team that lost three starters and its top reserve for the national championship but brings in arguably the best big 12 transfer in kevin mcculler going from texas tech to kansas and three mcdonald's all americans on top of that and grady dick mj rice and uh and obviously Ernest Uday Jr. And then, you know, we're going to see a lot of Jayhawks that were part of that national title run in very small roles play larger roles this year. And how much improved is K.J. Adams and Bobby Pettiford and Joe Yesifu? And I'll tell you this much because you always like to ask about Grady, and rightfully so, being a Wichita kid, I, I see it week to week and how much more acclimated and comfortable he's getting. You always knew he could step in and fill it up for three. And last week we talked about how, Kansas legends like Brandon Rush and Mario Chalmers were, were gushing about how unguardable his three-point shot is based on his height and his release point and his confidence and all of that. Well, I'm now watching him even a week later playing better defense and picking up on some of the, the Bill Self things that he demands and expects out of his guys and settling in, and he, and he takes the constructive criticism well. And I just really respect his maturity and uh, the ways in which he's so much more than just a shooter. Uh, because I, I think as you look at what this season is going to include for him, uh, maybe a larger role than the typical Bill Self freshman is apt to take on, I think he's ready for the challenge. And like I told you guys a week ago, it's, it's a young team that will take some lumps early because you are replacing so much. But when you see guys like Grady come in and they're willing to, to take hard coaching and, and, and understand that they're going to be constructive to make you the best version of you you can be, I just see him take all that in stride, and, and one week to the next, he's getting better and better and better. So we're excited. But, again, you're talking about two returning starters and then a whole lot of new roles or new faces. So be patient with these guys. It's not going to look like a finished product. It never does out the gate. But this year, I think, uh, you know, in particular, you're going to see some youthful moments and some growing pains at times. But there's no reason to think that they can't be a national title contender by season's end. They're starting out the season top five, so they're certainly being discussed as such right now. But uh, it's it's one of those truly um, you know, let-the-cake-bake type situations that we got the ultimate guy doing just that and go himself. So can't wait to watch the season unfold. Now, Jalen Wilson has shown how capable he is, but he did so in a role that would put him behind David McCormick and Christian Brown, Ochagbaji over the last couple of years. Where does his role now evolve to as being uh, what I think a lot of people are going to lean on him as as being the guy on this Jayhawks team? How does his role evolve here uh, in a new season? 
good question, and and it's going to look night and day different because now he's the face of the franchise. He is the Ochai Abaji guy who went through the pre-draft process, received some constructive feedback, went into the laboratory, as the kids like to say, worked on all those things, and now wants to prove he's a much more dynamic player that can score at all three levels and isn't going to ever see 26% from three-point range again. I'm told, and I'm at practice once or twice a week this time of year, I'm told every day for three weeks he's been just lighting it up, scoring nets, looking really, really good with that jump shot, and and all of the fruits of those labors and the hard work that he poured in and working on his game with some subtle uh, technique tweaks with his release to, to just putting in high volume repetition, all of that is starting to pay dividends. And Kevin McCullough's shooting it really well as well, a guy that's going to be a more asked to score type player than maybe what you saw at Texas Tech. So to me, those two and Grady are the three, you know, scoring options to turn to the most without a proven post player. But it's so much more than, than taking on a larger scoring role for Jalen Wilson. He's taking on the, the number one voice and, and leadership role in that locker room, but he's doing so so impressively well. Uh, he, he's taking on a lot. He's, he's a leader in the community. We've talked about name, image, and likeness and how you know, through NIL opportunities, these guys are now making money. I've, I've watched Jalen give away over $10,000 himself this fall to various causes for pediatric cancer, American Cancer Society, homelessness organization. I mean, this guy has, has really embraced what it means to not only be the captain of a basketball team, but a student athlete ambassador, leader in the community as well. So I just see a guy that's matured a ton. He's, he's understanding what he has in front of him in terms of opportunity. And he should, because we just watched what will now become forever the poster child example of, of what you can do if you elect to come back for one more year. Ochai Abaji went from a guy that was going to be a, a mid to late second round pick and, you know, a, a nice Kansas player, but one that you know didn't you know, do anything that was, was that ballyhooed or hyped to a guy that now will have his jersey hanging the rafters from all the time as, as a first team, all big 12, big 12 player of the year, first team, all American MOP of the final four type legacy guy who won a national championship. And not that every guy that comes back will even accomplish half of that, but he literally checked every box you could by electing to come back for one more year. And in the process, vaulted himself all the way into the first round, a lottery pick status. And so for Jalen Wilson, look no further than your own teammate as, as to who you want to emulate. And he told us as much last night on Hawk Talk, in which he was our first player guest in what will now be a weekly player feature on Hawk Talk Men's Basketball with Bill Self. He said, hey, I, I did everything that Ochai showed me how to do in terms of the extra time and the extra drills and all of that. And that doesn't mean it's going to equal what Ochai did necessarily, but it's definitely the fuel to Jalen's fire. And, and he says every day he walks into the field house and he looks up at the open spot where Ochai's jersey is going to be hanging for all of time. He thinks, hey, I want that to be my number 10 as well. How cool is that? So, he, uh, he definitely is looking at that example, and I think so far, the early returns, based on these last six and a half months, uh, he's done everything you could hope he would do to put himself in position to have a, a comparable type year of being the, the go-to guy, the leader, and the most productive player on a national title contending team. 
All right, Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, will have it. Uh, you've got Pitt State tomorrow and then the real opener against Omaha in Lawrence. That comes on Monday. Um, it should be a blast then. We've got KU football this weekend. You've got Hawk Talk tonight at 6. What time's pregame start for KU football on Saturday? Uh, that'll be 1 o'clock on Saturday for a 2.30 kick and 5.30 on Thursday for a 7 o'clock tip-off against Boshi and the Gorillas. And then in case you're a season ticket holder in Wichita and you're like, ah, Monday night, Omaha, that's not really that great of an opponent. I don't know if I'm going to drive in. Hey, you need to. Here's why. They're giving away for every ticket-holding fan pieces of the actual floor in New Orleans that we won the national championship on totally free if you got a ticket on Monday night. So be there for the season opener versus Omaha. You had to buy that 14 years ago if you wanted a piece of the floor in 2008. This year, it's free if you got a ticket to opening night. So that's going to be a lot of fun on Monday versus Omaha. All right, there you go, Brian. We appreciate these visits uh, each and every week, and we appreciate the folks that make it possible. That's right. Big thanks to my friends at the Mattress Hub. Getting the best night's sleep of my life now with my new purple mattress. Yeah, it's K-State colors, but it's great for my back, so I love it. New technology that gives you that springier feel with also the coolest sleep you'll ever have in terms of temperature. I mean, I like to think I look cool when I sleep, but I'm talking temperature. So coolest sleep ever, purple mattress. Check them out. I tried several before I landed on this one, and this turned out to be the perfect fit for me. They'll do the same for you at the Mattress Hub. You can visit them online at mattresshub.com. Guys, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brian. There goes Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Busy week for those guys, and uh, we will have it all for you right here on the home of KU Athletics on KFH. We're going to come back, hour number two. We'll get into that NFL trade deadline. What do we think of all the moves made, and what do we think about the Chiefs not making a big one yesterday? We'll talk about it all next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily.